here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by... By the NCUA. Welcome everyone to episode 258 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today, because big threes and big fours are dead, we are going to take after everyone else this summer and we are going to rank the top 10 duos in the NBA today. Before we get to that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? I mean, I'm doing well, Brian. Did, did you hear something new? Uh, what's that? Something in front of the episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout out to your friend for hooking us up 258 episodes in. We actually have music now. <laughs> Shout out to Tendo, my my younger brother's uh, one of my younger brother's best friends, uh, who who delivered the the jingle. Yeah, we're, we're a little late to the party, season five, but I mean, better late than never. Yeah, you know, that's how we roll. <laughs> All right, so so we're doing the duos today, and I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. This was so much tougher because we didn't really plan it out, like set up a criteria. So I came in with this mindset of, oh, I'm I'm looking at duos for this season, like 2019-2020. So, like, I didn't have KD and Kyrie on it because, you know, Durant is going to miss presumably the entire year. I didn't have Steph and Clay again, because of Clay's injury. And you were like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. <laughs> that's not what we're doing. We're doing, like, moving forward. So our lists are going to, to uh, differentiate a lot. But just for those people out there, had I not grossly misunderstood the idea of this, Steph and Clay would absolutely have been in there as well as Kyrie and KD because, <laughs> duh. Right, so the way I approached it was not just focusing on 2019-20. I, I did take the long-term approach in mind as well, but I put a little bit more weight on 2019-20 than future seasons just because, it's. I mean, we saw this summer duos break up very quickly in the NBA, so it's hard to project out five years into the future. And, you know, for a lot of this, we are projecting, especially some of the ones I would assume that both of us have toward the top of the list. Well, I guess KD and Kyrie is not on your list, but we haven't seen a lot of these guys play together. Or in the case of two guys in Houston, we haven't seen them play together in about six years. So we don't know how these guys are fitting. It. So I really approached it as conceptual fit plus talent 
putting more weight on this year, but also taking future seasons into account. So it's not just like, if I'm starting a franchise today, who would I want moving forward? Because a lot of the guys toward the top are slightly older than some of the guys toward the bottom. It's just taking everything into account, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I tried taking a lot of factors in, but what I didn't do, and this was very intentional, I didn't go into the plus minus category. Because mm. one, I think that stat can be somewhat flawed in the grand mm. scheme of things. At the same time, I didn't really know how to quantify like team success because sometimes you can have a crap team despite having two excellent players because if they're flanked by no one, then that counts for something. They, that doesn't mean that it's a bad duo necessarily. It's just It just means it's a bad team. Or sometimes you have... like One of the toughest for me was I didn't even have like a Nikola Jokic a duo on my list because that team is just so deep and you know it could be jamal murray one night it could be gary harris the other presumably michael porter jr uh uh, the the third night so you know it's it's some of the more i i I went for consistency and role and impact in that sense okay well let's start it off more who did you have at number 10 on your list number 10 luka Doncic and kristaps porzingis nice Okay. Yeah, I had them eleven on mine, so just outside. But yeah, we're 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 in the same boat there. Yeah, and and this is I I mean I actually wanted to put them higher, but Kristaps has missed so much time that I think this year is going to be a bounce back year where right. he's really getting reacclimated to the league. Right. Um, I, I probably would have had them up higher. I think Luca is gonna just be the beast boy of the NBA for for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if Porzingis is just like sixty percent. This year of what he used to be, good lord! I mean, the pick and pop opportunities, the pick and roll opportunities, the fact that Porzingis is a great shot blocker who can kind of you know get stops, initiate the offense by getting blocks. Like, could you imagine Porzingis coming over from the weak side, swatting a shot, Luca gets the ball, and it's just downhill basketball. Right. That's that's gonna be fun as hell. Yeah, and then Porzingis is the trailer that he yep. can hit threes. He can hit the three, or it's still a seven foot three body coming down the lane. So right. there is so much versatility going on there. So yeah, yeah, and, and right away here we go. The, this is a duo that we have yet to see play together because of Kristaps' mm-hmm. injury. And I'm with you. Like Lucas is going to be an all star possibly as early as this year. Kristaps was an all star before the injury. We don't know what he's going to look like. It's been a lot of time off since that injury. Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he stays healthy. If he does, I think this rank look, looks laughably low in a year. Yeah. You know, I, I think th- these guys have the potential to one day develop into a top five duo, and I think that's why the Mavericks bet so high on Kristaps, you know, going, giving up Dennis Smith Jr. to first, future first, taking on a lot of bad money in exchange. They knew... If we get Luca and Kristaps together, we could have a superstar duo for the next 10 years. So, Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I like that. At 10 for me was Jokic and Murray. It just felt wrong to not have... I mean, Jokic is you yeah. know, a top five MVP it. candidate, so it felt wrong to leave him out entirely. And I get it. Jamal Murray is super streaky still, and he's still so young. And you're right. I mean, as you said, the Nuggets are very deep. And it could be any guy, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, Will Barton, hell, Jeremy Grant going off on a given night. So, you know, it's hard to say who that number two guy is, but just based on the investment the Nuggets made on Murray this summer, giving him the five-year, $170 million contract, 
the way Mike Malone in, uh, empowered him in the playoffs too. You know, Murray was really bad those first couple games, and Malone was just like, "No, we're sticking with him. We're not giving up on this kid. He's that important to our future." And then he, you know, he had a couple of those big microwave scoring games, and you're like, "Oh, okay. Well, this this makes sense. This is why they're so high on him." We've talked about this duo before. How they're just conceptually a very nice fit together. You don't need a ball-dominant point guard next to a Nikola Jokic, who is the best passing seven-footer of all time. You need a guy like Jamal Murray, who is a more of a score-first point guard, a good three-point shooter. That's the way to maximize Nikola Jokic. So I'm very high. Again, this is this is a duo that, you know, come two or three years from now, has top five in the NBA potential. It's just... They're, they're just because they're so young and still developing. I think you have to bump them a little bit lower for the time being. I think that's fair. And also, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I was sitting there going over Denver's roster for a long while. Like, I, I wanted Jokic in there. But it's just they have this, this offense where it's just entirely unselfish. Like, there isn't a stat criteria for anyone to come out. Like, Jamal Murray is not gunning for 20. Gary Harris is not gunning for 20. Nikola Jokic is not gunning for 20. Like, all of them are just kind of playing within a flow, and whoever's got the hot hand and whoever, like, just just executes better, that's the guy who gets the shots. And I just have such a hard time seeing that if Gary Harris is all healthy, like, he's a damn good player. So he's probably wanting to assert himself a little bit more, like, being that pesky defender. And and also, I, I took defense into the consideration as well so if yeah. if gary harris becomes like a different ma- difference maker defensively while providing stellar uh offensive contributions in terms of shooting and driving because he's really athletic and athletic and gets to the cup like that carries weight too so it was really hard for me just to see that but i i agree with you that if there was if there was supposed to be a duo from denver it had to be murray because of the contract in that sense like mm-hmm. that is the duo that they're banking on uh, yep. Which is all fair. I mean, you just said it. During the playoffs, he came alive after a, sh- a slow start. He can score the heck out of the ball. It's only a matter of time be- before he becomes one of the most consistent three-point shooters in the league. Mm-hmm. Because that stroke, that's that's only going to re- be refined even more. And it looks good as is. It's just a matter of shot selection and getting a little bit older. And yeah, the, the IQ has to go up a little bit. But it For will. Sure. So yeah, no, I, I dig it. Uh, who's number nine on your list? Yeah, so Kemba Walker and, and Jason Tatum. Uh, okay. Again, another duo that we haven't seen play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kemba, to me, is, is obviously the known commodity. Like he, I think he'll have success anywhere he goes. Um, he, his game is so, so grounded. It's night and day from when he started his career. The fact that he can shoot the heck out of the ball is one thing, but he can get to the line, he can drive, he can keep the dribble alive as well. He's a fine playmaker. He doesn't really... Have one of those games, uh, types of games, I should say, where he's looking to get X amount of points as well. He's just, he's just consistently great at what he does, and then he can break for fifty when it's required. Tatum, we talked about him last week as well. He's he had kind of a Kobe game going into his second year, and that's not a compliment. Right. And we 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 kind of were in agreement that. The Boston Celtics probably have talked to him about scaling that back and just playing like team basketball, team oriented basketball with him, you know, getting a lot of spot ups from the corner. And, and hopefully that's what holds true. That's what I'm betting on here. I'm I'm betting on Tatum going back to what he was during his rookie season and just kind of fitting in seamlessly next to Kemba. Mm hmm. 
I think I think it's all fair. I do think I mean based on what we've seen from Tatum this summer, in the brief glimpses from Team USA play, it does seem like he's going a little bit more back toward his rookie year of being more unselfish. And with Kyrie gone, one can only assume he's going to take that next step forward this year. Full disclosure, they were 13th on my list. I had Marcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan ahead of them, um, and Luka and Kristaps, of course. So, uh, Yeah, and it should it should also be noted that, you know, be, because of the little snafu with the injury, like I just mentioned Kemba and Tatum and Luka and Porzingis, those two duos would obviously bump de- be bumped down because you have to include KD and Kyrie and, uh, for my money, uh, Steph and, and uh, Clay. Yeah. So, not on my list. number nine for me, and I teased this yesterday as something that's going to get you angry. It's a duo from Utah. Are we sure that Donovan Mitchell should be included in this duo? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually okay with that. I know where you're no, going. No, no. I'm actually okay with that. Because, uh, I mean, I it's a genuinely fair question. It, if Again, it's comes down to the criteria if you're talking about guys moving forward you're building your franchise around this duo donovan mitchell of course is included just because he's younger if you're right. talking about 2019 2020 only you have to include rudy gobert two-time defensive player of the year he's going to give you a top five defense i know he's somewhat offensively limited it doesn't matter you know there are some matchups that go poorly against him in the playoffs there are a lot that do not and especially now that the warriors have taken a step back. Rudy is a lock. So then it comes down to Conley versus Donovan Mitchell. And I don't know. That's close, right? I mean, for this year, I think it's fair. For yeah. you know, for, for the long term, it, it's not. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I, I would put Mitchell and Gobert in there. But I'll do credit to Mike Conley because I think he, you know, he's going to get finally, finally, finally get the national praise. You know, like... He's always got the label of like, oh, he's the most underrated point guard. And then he signs the $150 million contract. And everyone's like, why the hell did Mike Conley get, why is he the highest paid player in the NBA for this time <laughs> being? Uh, so then he got the overpaid label. Look, basketball Twitter people know Mike Conley's great. He still doesn't get national love because he's never been an all-star. He played in Memphis his whole career. It's just not a super glamorous market. So now that he's gone to Utah, obviously, (laughs) it's Glamour Town, yeah. But I think Utah, I mean, we we talked about the over-unders a few episodes ago. I I think Utah's going to be a top three team in the West this year. I think Mike Conley's a big reason why, so he's going to get some praise too. But yes, if we're talking about duos from Utah, it's got to be Mitchell and Gobert. I just wanted to trigger you to say, I don't know, maybe Mike Conley, he should at least be in the conversation if we're talking about duos from Utah. So I also have Mitchell uh, and Gobert as a duo. You just okay. mentioned them. Um, uh-huh. I know you had Conley and Gobert, but we just talked about it. Um, I have them a little bit further up on the list, not much. But I was actually toying with the idea of having two Utah duos. Like having Mitchell and Gobert and and Mitchell and uh, Mike Conley. Oh, interesting. But then it just hit me kind of like, no, you know what? I, I think... I I really think that we only need to stick with one. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of torn because who do you go? I had Mitchell as a lock. I didn't even think about, like, it could have been Conley and, Go- and Gobert. But you're absolutely right. Like, I think that's I think that's absolutely fair, especially if you look at it from this year. 
mm-hmm. because both Conley and Gobert are two-way players. Gobert yeah. is not like an, an offensive liability, and people who say that he is just are not watching Utah. Honestly, yeah. like that's I'm I'm so tired of that one. Yeah. Um, but Mitchell is just a straight gunner. I think he does have defensive potential, but I don't think he's shown it for the first two years because he was asked to do so much. Mm-hmm. What I I think this could end up backfiring you uh, uh, on you because maybe the addition of Conley just frees up Mitchell to become the world beater that he can be. Like there's a legitimate chance that he walks away this year looking like you know an All NBA kind of player. Yeah, I mean, I saw Kevin Farragut on Twitter yesterday was saying, like, he might be a Dark Horse MVP candidate. I, I If he becomes a Dark Horse MVP candidate, I, I want more than partial credit for calling him <laughs> a couple years back. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, who's eight for you? DeRozan and Aldridge. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, that again, part of it was I was looking at this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-term-wise, that's not going to be a duo because of Aldridge, who's going to be or is 34 this year. Mm-hmm. But I just can't deny what they're doing. Like, last season, they combined for 42 points. Uh, I, I think it was, like... 15 rebounds or something like they, they are by far the two most productive players in san antonio mm-hmm. and without them we we always say that pop could have like a bunch of d-leaguers and he would they would make the playoffs <laughs> right but without those two guys they would be going nowhere i mean mm-hmm. they were just the two engines that made everything go and i think that deserves some praise mm-hmm. i i totally agree and I think when we do this exercise two or three years from now, we're going to replace those guys with Murray and Derek White. Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. But no, you're totally right. And yeah, I mean, they were 12th on my list. I all due respect to them. I, I think they're, you know, just because they like shooting mid-range shots doesn't mean they're bad. They're still efficient, good players. They, you know, they push the Nuggets to seven games in the Western Conference yeah. first round playoffs. Without their starting point guard, it's a, they're they're great. Um, eight for me was Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I think we saw the upside of this duo, especially this past year. Both of these guys are just a walking bucket. It's as easy yeah. as that. I mean, you know, Dame is now <laughs> much like Mike Conley. 
Dame always carries the chip on his shoulder. Like, I'm so underrated, even though he's been an all-star multiple times now. And, <laughs> and second best know. point guard in the league. Yeah. Right, right. Like, that. you could only play that card so many times. I think everyone recognizes that Dame is just phenomenal, especially in the fourth quarter in Lillard time. But CJ, too, man. He, he there were, I forget which game in the playoffs it was, but there was one game where it was like, he was literally just creating off the dribble every single time, hitting these like mid-range free throw line pull-ups. Yeah. And it was unstoppable. I think it was against Denver. I want to say it was like game four or five against Denver. Yeah. And again, for, for the people out there, you know, we were gushing about that series. Now it's it's August. People are getting bored. There's nothing to watch in terms of basketball, at least not until the World Cup starts in, yeah. in what, like nine or a 11 week. days. Yeah. And in a, in, a, in a week with some change. Like, if you have the opportunity, go back and watch that series, man. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they they were eight for me. I actually just wrote about them at the Basketball Writers, at bballwriters.com, and about whether they have hit their ceiling with this group. And basically, you could read the full version, but I said it's going to come down to their wing play, Rodney Hood in particular, but also some of the young guys. Anthony Simons got a shout-out which I know Thank is going to make you happy. Yes. Gary Trent Jr. and Nasir Very Little much. as well. So, yeah, go check that out, bballwriters.com. You can use the promo code the NBA Pod for 10% off your daily, monthly, or annual subscription there. Seven on your list, Mort. Mitchell and Gobert. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We kind of already touched on those guys. Fair enough. Then we'll just go right to seven for me. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah, you have them low. I had a feeling you would have them low. I, yeah. I have them higher up. Same goes for Damon CJ, by the way. But yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I Look, they're great. I think, you know, they can be the two best players on a title team. I think the Sixers are a title or a championship caliber team this year. I still have questions about their mm-hmm. long-term fit together. Yeah. I still think Ben Simmons is ultimately going to request a trade in a couple of years. But I think in the meantime, I hope he wins a couple of rings at Philly. I, I had them higher because of their defense. That's fair. I think defensively, those two are probably the second best duo behind Kawhi and Paul George in the league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would probably I would agree with that. I was going to say, depending on which version of LeBron you get, but I would still take Embiid. Oh, yeah, no, no. AD. I mean, playoff LeBron, sure, but LeBron, I mean, playoff LeBron is not going to rear his head in the regular season whatsoever. <laughs> Right, or not, I mean, yeah, not all that many times for sure. No, no, I mean, look, in 12 months, we are going to see, like, you know, some someone on Twitter do, like, a mashup of LeBron just not caring <laughs> oh, on defense. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so no, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I have stopped looking at LeBron, like, this world-changing defender during the regular season for, like, five or six years. Like, he's mm-hmm. just not there, you know, at least not in, in the regular season. Playoff LeBron, that's a totally different story, but yeah. Yeah. That's fair. No, I mean, you're right. Like, Embiid has been, what, was he runner-up last year for DPOY? Or what? He's been in the mix for DPOY the past Yeah, he, he was one of the finalists for the for that godforsaken TV show. Yeah, <laughs> Correct. That wonderful TV show. Shout out to Warner Media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's fantastic. I think he's going to have, I wrote about it at Forbes uh, recently, he's going to have an MVP caliber season. It's just that load management is probably going to keep him out of the actual race. But right. per game output, he's phenomenal. He's one of the best defenders in the league. And Ben Simmons, too. Yeah, I mean, we he gets so maligned 
for the shooting. And for good reason, because that is what's going to hold his ultimate ceiling back. And, you know, not only the three-point shooting, but free throws too. I mean, that's where if you want to focus on an area of um, short-term immediate improvement, talk about the free throws. The the threes need to come eventually. But, you know, if he can hit 70, 75% of his free throws, he's a totally different player. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like the... The defensive aptitude. I mean, what he did to D'Angelo Russell, it's a sh- it's like kind of surprising that he didn't cost D'Angelo Russell twenty million dollars in free agency this summer. He uh, and that's fair. Yeah, he just. I mean, he neutered him. Like the Nets destroyed the Sixers in Game One, and then they just put Simmons on D'Angelo Russell, and it was over. And- uh, are you saying that it makes a difference being six foot ten and just as agile as a six one point guard? Right. Hmm. I, but, you know, like, I, I know coming into the league, he was, I feel like he had the perception of Wiggins in, to some extent, whereas, like, this guy has all the tools to be a great defender, but he kind of half-assed it at LSU, and, like, does he have the drive and the work ethic to really, you know, put his best foot forth on defense? And the answer turned out to be yes. When, he, when he's on, and he's on much more than Andrew Wiggins... He could be one of, like, there was a game against Golden State, I think it was last year, where it was like, he was just a whirling dervish, like a two-way force of nature. And you don't see it every game from him. That's something you'd like to see more of. But when he's on like that, he's, I mean, my God, he's one mm-hmm. of the most impactful. To, like, he's one of the rare people who can actually guard one through five in the league. So when I watch Simmons, he reminds me of a souped-up version of Prime Luol Deng. Like, oh, yeah. some Sixers fans will listen to that and say, oh, how dare you disrespect Ben? That's not disrespect, trust me. Like, a right. souped-up Luol Deng, that's that's one of the greatest defenders of all time. Yeah. Um, he the, the way that he can go from guarding the perimeter to switching over and guarding the post and barely miss a beat, mm-hmm. that's just outstanding. Like, obviously his size is a huge part of why, but when you have a player that you can use like a Swiss army knife that way, like you can ask him to guard the post, you can ask him to guard, you know, the, the perimeter, you can ask him to, you know, switch and, and guard the switch and, and guard wings. Like there's not a single player out there where I would feel that, oh, he can't you know, do a bang up job. That one player might be ironically Joel Embiid. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't have to worry about it. Right. Well, he's struggled with Giannis. You know, there, there is the whole, like, Giannis called him a baby. <laughs> well, I mean, Giannis is an alien, so right, I'm not sure right, that counts. Right. I mean, there, yeah, exactly. Like, how many people could successfully defend Giannis? The answer might be Joel Embiid and, at times, Al Horford. So. Right. Yeah. Which, hint, hint, why <laughs> Philly got Al Horford. Right. Not a coincidence. Yeah. Who is six on your list? James Harden and Clint Capella. <laughs> oh my god you're the worst <laughs> <laughs> of course of course all right defend why russell westbrook is not on there because capella actually plays defense yes, great yes. defense <laughs> so no i i think that that duo is I, I genuinely believe that that duo is great. I mean, Harden is the best offensive player in the NBA, uh, mm-hmm. hands down. 
Capella, Capella is, what, a top 20 defender at worst. Probably a lot higher, actually. Just considering how much he changes shots around the basket, which is very necessary, com- you know, considering how Harden just is not a great perimeter defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I just love his ability to to fit in seamlessly next to Harden it, offensively, just the way that he sets screens and just dies at the right time and just times it beautifully. And defensively, he's completely fine with taking on that load. If, if James blows his cover, which happens regularly, he'll <laughs> right. slide over. Um, so I think in terms of duo, there's also this interconnection of, of understanding who each other is, which I mm-hmm. think is important. Uh, they, they feed well off of each other, both offensively and defensively. So that's why I have them there. And be, be, simply because Russell Westbrook is not that dude anymore. I know that that's going to piss off people. That's fine. I really don't care. Triple doubles my ass. He <laughs> is a chucker. Full disclosure, I do have Westbrook and Harden coming later. So Rockets fans, leave me alone. So so wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook above Joel Embiid and and Ben Simmons? I do. Oh, good Lord, man. Yep, I sure do. I mean, I know you have a drinking problem, but dude. (laughs) Just, I'll defend it when we get there. Um, Okay, they take a lot of shots. That's, yeah. I, I will defend it when I get there. All right, fine. I, I'm not there yet. Six for me was KD and Irving. And again, yeah, it's just, yeah. th- this comes down, it's really, if we knew Kevin Durant was coming back from that Achilles tear as 100% Kevin Durant, he, he would they would probably be three on my list. Three or four. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think conceptually they're going to fit very well together. Those guys are both a walking bucket. KD, I mean, when healthy, is a top three player in the league. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, I mean, it, if you're factoring two-way ability in, especially. Uh, Kyrie, I know I know there's the leadership concerns, but we talked about this a lot this summer. KD and Kyrie are friends. I don't know that he's going to have as many issues in a veteran locker room in Brooklyn that he did with a bunch of young guys in Boston where he got traded to. He didn't choose to go there. You know, hopefully this all he, he puts the tinfoil hat away for a couple of years and puts the flat earth theories back in <laughs> Reddit, 4chan, wherever. Uh, uh, I, I think this duo is going to be great. But, you know, especially if you're talking, you know, I did factor 2019, 2020 into this as well. And you're not going to see these guys play in 2019, 2020. So. Like, in theory, these are two top 15 players and plus one top five player. But the short term, you're just not going to see very much of it. So that's why they fall a little bit lower than their talent would otherwise suggest. Right. And if I had them on my list, um, I I probably would have had them in the same area. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.
Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Who's number five for you? Damon CJ. Okay. I I mean, look, I you had them lower. I get it that people are, are maybe looking at that going, well, there's not much defense there, and defense does matter. Mm-hmm. That is their one Achilles heel. Uh, even though I will say both of them have, gro- have, have grown so much better over the course of their respective careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's such a shame that there's still this stigma around them as being like some of the worst defenders in the league that's just that's not relevant anymore mm-hmm. are they good <laughs> that's a different discussion um but there's a big gap between being some of the worst and just being slightly above on a below average but dame i think could have an mvp season um yeah. that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever i think it's i think cj is entering that territory very soon where he is going to be looked at much like mike conley in hey why haven't you gotten an all-star nod yet? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's just such a dynamic player. He plays so smart. Like most uh, shooting guards who have the same volume of shots that he does will at times take really weird decisions and, and be kind of chuckerish. Sure. But he's very, very calm, both under pressure and when, you know, when he's dribbling and when he's trying to create off of himself. Like he, he can just kind of manufacture his own shots whenever he needs to. And he does it with, with such such a concentration and conciseness that I'm just I'm flabbergasted constantly at how well he performs. Like that Denver series, like you alluded to, the way he would just negotiate screens and and like find a way to get to that pull up mid ranger. Like whatever you need in terms of a jump shot, he can make that happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's an aspect that so many teams um, miss and would like. Yeah. And that, as such, I have them that high up. Yeah. Oh, and it helps that Dane can hit like 37-foot <laughs> bombs and end, you know, eras for different right, franchises. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, he didn't just end the series. He ended the next three years of that franchise. Yeah, that's that helps. Yeah, for sure. I, I talked about those guys earlier, so I don't have much to add. But yes, I mean, they're, they're phenomenal. And I do think they're still... Look, they might have peaked. For all we know... That Western Conference final run is the best they're going to have. The West is super deep. Who knows? But I do think there is still some upside in this duo leading the Blazers. It would not totally shock me if they made it back to the Western Conference finals in the next couple of years. I mean, depending on the leap that some of their young guys take, they do have a potential route to the finals. There's no... Mm -hmm end boss anymore the warriors aren't there like there i don't see a reason you know it's not super likely but it's possible yeah and i so- i think the fact that they stayed loyal to damon cj as well yeah and not just kind of said oh okay now you're getting into like the the uh the older years and we're not gonna pay you which you know to be perfectly honest with you i get it i get it when teams you know, look at a player and, and go, oh, you're entering your 30s and you want a 35% max deal. Oh, for mm, sure. Let's let's go a different route. I think what they did, Portland, 
they mm-hmm. invested in their own um, brand, <laughs> to yeah. tell you the truth, by staying loyal to those guys. Because that is something that players around the league take notice of. I wrote about this on Forbes, at Forbes, a couple weeks back. This was essentially a way to, first and foremost, prolong their window. Because both those guys are going to be great for at least another three years. Mm -hmm. But after that, just make them kind of organizational guys. Like, players you bring back after they retire and give them, like, roles within, you know, the team in some way or some structure. Like, just getting that loyalty factor out there and just let people know hey you know what we we're loyal to i got our guys we pay them what they're worth uh we're not afraid of shelling out you know money right that's such a smart play for them because we see now how players when they're teaming up they're looking not just at the brand but they're looking at the loyalty factor looking at which organizations fit them like where can we go where there's no drama we can just get to work and the blazers formerly the jailblazers have just been so free of drama for so long now, in part, large part because of you know Dame and CJ, mm-hmm. who are just low key guys. I, I'm, I'm digging everything about this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we had Seth Part now on a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about you know team building and how you approach it in today's NBA, especially with all the player movement. And you're right. I mean, especially Portland is not a huge free agent destination there it's not the lakers you know it's not miami um so because of that when you have a guy like damon cj it makes sense to try to keep those guys around like they have those two guys locked in through 2023 2024 now nurkic is signed through the next three years you have your core in place and maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe they're the next version of the raptors where they have they keep churning out these low or high 40s low 50 win seasons they're riding a six-year playoff streak right now maybe they get to a couple more playoffs then decide okay finally we've hit our ceiling like we can't go any further then they make their all-in move trade for whatever aggrieved superstar there is at the time but in the meantime there's nothing wrong with running back a 50 win team that makes the playoffs every year this yeah. is not a you know it's not a Charlotte Hornets deluding themselves into thinking they're contenders, like the Blazers just made the Western Conference Finals. They right. things broke right for them. They avoided the Rockets and the Warriors. Like the playoff bracket broke in their favor, but they're a very good team and they have two stars leading the way. I I, I I'm I feel like I'm finally atoning for three years of just yeah you are I'm proud of you the Blazers. I've come around. But there's a difference in paying Damon CJ and like Cody Seller and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so oh, that that's never not gonna be funny. No, no, it really won't. So five on my list is Harden and not Clint Capella. I have Russell Westbrook with him there. Look, I get the concerns about these two guys, and especially about Westbrook, but I do think we've we did see them thrive together back in the early 2000s or 2010s i should say i know they're both very different players from then harden was a low usage six man he is now the highest usage player in the league he's an mvp at a perennial mvp candidate will he be willing to take a backseat to russell westbrook probably not but i do think having a hyper athletic guard in russell westbrook to push the floor allow Harden to work more off the ball is going to help him as well. I think last year, 
the Rockets were just so frustrating to watch sometimes because it just turned into hardened iso ball dribbling mm-hmm. at the top of the key for 20 seconds and then launching a step back three. And it's You're right. It's it's so much better to see Russell Westbrook get into transition and pull up for 20 feet. <laughs> so, I mean, that's right. That's the question is, can you get Russ to cut out some of that nonsense? I would hope playing next to James Harden and realizing, oh, I have a guy who averaged 36 last year. We do have better ways to generate offense. Oh, I also have Eric Gordon. I have a lob threat in Capella. I think hopefully we'll see a better version of Russ than we've seen in the past few years. But I, we did see Russ take a backseat to Paul George this past do, year. Do these thoughts from Russ come before or after I need to average a triple-double? <laughs> I think that I, I'm going to guess he's off that wagon. He's done it three straight years. He's good. He knows neither one of these guys is going to average a triple-double this year. I would hope they're good with that. And if he... If Russ does start trying the stat pad, drop these guys four ranks on my list. But I, you know, I, I do think having Westbrook is going to keep James Harden fresher throughout the season. Agreed. And look, these guys, you know, they've been, I guess Russ wasn't the past year or two, but like Russ won MVP a couple years ago. Harden won MVP two years ago and continues to be one or two almost every year. These guys are both elite players. Russ has taken a big step back from that tier from, you know, his MVP season two years, right. three years ago at this point. But the, I think it's still in there. It's just a question of can he have the right mentality playing alongside another MVP candidate? I think we saw signs of that with George last year before his shoulder injury. I think the familiarity they have from their first couple seasons together in OKC should help alleviate some of those concerns i mean just in terms of pure talent you could argue these guys should be two or three spots higher the fit question is what puts them at five and not three for me so basically what i asked myself was let's say houston's going into game seven Mm. and you have the option to sit out sit out one of those guys or, or you know one of one of those players like one of Westbrook or Capella's injured but you have the pick of it like it's complete fantasy but ca- you catch my drift mm-hmm. like which one would you choose if you could only choose one of those guys to play in that game seven I, right. I just can't see a a scenario wherein that's not Capella oh I see well I mean I, I guess it depends on the matchup honestly uh, no, not well, not for me because I think just having that cohesiveness that they do that they, that they have like Harden and Capella, I, I just I think that beats it out. It, it's with Harden and Russ, it's it's two entities that plays somewhat um, independently of each other. Mm-hmm. Like how are they going to intertwine with each other? Like Harden is still ISO heavy. He's not going to be you know a guy who's if if Chris Paul is asking for more movement mm-hmm. and he's not getting it despite being a, a you know a much better shooter than Rush and, and being able to actually help a lot more in that sense. If if Harden doesn't do that for, for Chris Paul, I, why would he change his game at all for Russell Westbrook, who's only going to have even more struggles than Paul in terms of facility, you know creating his own shot or at least converting on his own shots? I, I just don't see so a scenario. My- yeah. Here's my devil's advocate take about Capella. 
All right. The Golden State Warriors series. But we, yeah, but we don't need to concern ourselves with Golden State this year. I know, but there will be other matchups where he is also, if the Lakers downsize and put Anthony Davis at the five. Mm-hmm. I don't know how useful. I, I think there will be matchups where you would prefer Rusty Capella. I think they would have to be very, very specific matchups in that case. Yeah, I mean, I think for both players. Like there will be yeah. there will be clear matchups where you would prefer Capella over Russ, but I you know, I we did see the Warriors completely neuter Clint Capella last year. To the point but, where people were like, Oh my god, they overpaid him and they paid him five years like eighty million dollars. There was a steal of a deal. But you know, Rockets fans are still like, We can't win with this guy. Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I just think when you have a low volume player like Capella at least offensively, mm-hmm. who can just exact, exact so much uh, energy defensively and change the game defensively, still being a presence on the glass. And I say that knowing full well that you're going to point out to me, hey, Russell Westbrook just averaged 11 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having a player who doesn't require X amount of shots and is a strong defensive presence, a guy who can rim roll and draw big men defenders back towards the rim, Providing Harden with the space that he needs to do all of his wackiness of the you know the double, triple, quadruple step back or whatever he's on the one one legged fadeaways as we've seen now. Um, I just think that in the grand scheme of things, that's important. I I look at Harden. I'm not seeing a chucker because he hits a lot of his shots, but he is a guy who loves to take shots. Same goes with Westbrook. Mm-hmm. One of them can hit, the other can't in the same extent at least. Mm-hmm. So. Like, it's just such a volatile situation. Like, the swing factor is huge. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll have a lot of fights about these guys this year. Let's let's move on for now. Well, I mean, we won't because I'm going to be right, so. <laughs> we will see mid-October. Uh, number four on your list, who you got? Embiid Simmons. Wow. Wow. I mean, you're the Sixers fan here. I'm, I'm re- I, I think you're just trying to not jinx your way into the season. No, I, I, I just have questions about their fit, honestly. Well, I, okay, I do too. But at the end of the day, Joel Embiid is the closest thing we've ever had to Shaq. Yeah. I mean, and he's, what, 24 years old? Yeah, 25 now, I think. Did he just turn 25? Okay, well, you know what? Screw it. He's, in, he's entering his prime then. He's going to be even more scary. Yeah. I have been hard on Simmons for the lack of free throws and mm-hmm. the jumper. I've never been on the the coward bandwagon, by the way. I will mm-hmm. note that. But like I mentioned, the defense is there. The playmaking is there. Is there. And as I alluded to on, I think, was the last episode, like mm-hmm. he's entering his third active playing season. Like he, having the, like I think it was Gary Payton who once said, you know, you're not just a rookie your first year. You're mm-hmm. a rookie the first your first couple of years. Like now, I think that whole moniker is gone. Now mm-hmm. it's like arrival time, and he is just such a damn beast in transition. If he became becomes just a bit more assertive, and if they stagger their minutes, I I, I would be surprised if he doesn't have a significantly better season than he's than he had last year. That's fair. I, I mean, I I also took Embiid's injury history into account here a little bit, just because I that's fair. I don't think, I mean, I've talked about this before, I don't think we're seeing more than 
60 to 65 games, 30 minutes a game out of Embiid. Whereas, you know, a duo like Russ and Harden, you're probably seeing 36, 37 minutes because oh, yeah, D'Antoni yeah. does not know what load management means. So so if, if Embiid were to play 82 games and, you know, you disregard the injury concerns, would you have them higher? Yeah, I'd probably have them. I mean, I'd definitely have them above KD and Kyrie. Okay. Uh, just because of the KD injury concerns. And right, then, right. Yeah, I'd probably have them above Russ and Harden as well. <laughs> I love that you said probably on that one. I, I, I just I'm very confused as to why this duo doesn't get more love. I understand that the fit is isn't great because Embiid isn't a knockdown shooter and Simmons again isn't. But just in terms of raw talent, the raw influence on a game, like both of these guys can turn a basketball game. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, in terms of, <laughs> I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it alone. Uh, four for me is Giannis <laughs> and Middleton. Yeah, and I again, it's like it was the same thing with Jokic and Murray, where it's like you can't leave the reigning MVP off of this list, right? Even yep. though he doesn't have, I know Middleton just signed a massive contract as well. You wouldn't think of him as a star sidekick necessarily. Even you know he got the big contract, he made his first All Star game. He's a really good player. Is he top 25 in the league? Probably right around there. Maybe a little bit lower. But Giannis's talent is just so enormous that he kind of lifts the boat of Middleton with him. So four for me, mostly just because Giannis is a monster. And we've talked about it this summer. You know, he's, he said he's only 60% of what he could be. If that's true, and we, you know the guy averaged almost 28, 12, and 6 last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that, that doesn't seem like there's much more room to grow, but maybe there is. And if there is, I mean, if he not, if he develops that three point shot, it's lights out for everyone. Yeah, and he he actually improved a bit in last season in that regard. Like he he took timely threes a little bit more and was a little bit herky jerky with them. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing this year. I have them. I have the, that pairing three, okay. and and I similarly thought about Jokic. And Jamal Murray, because I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. What differentiate Milton and Jamal Murray at this point to me are two factors. It's the consistency level, because Milton is in his prime, so he's just he's just that much that much more consistent at this point. And the defense, like mm-hmm. he is a difference maker defensively. Um, is he a you know a Joel Embiid type defender? No, he he's not. But he is very very good. And I agree that the gap between Giannis and Middleton is probably greater than most of these pairings on this list. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter. I mean, he's still... Middleton, in his own right, I think he's just fully deserving of being an all-star. He's yeah. a wonderful shooter, great defender. He's even a pretty good rebounder for a guy his size and for, for, for a guy who plays, you know, that many minutes with, with Giannis, for example. And he's a playmaker. Like, there's a lot of aspects that he can that he that are might regress a little bit because Giannis is that ball dominant right. if you put Milton on a team that where he's the focal point I wonder if he truly explodes yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't know would. I mean yeah. I, I'm not saying he will right but I'm not also not saying that he necessarily wouldn't that's fair that's fair who do you have at number three? Oh, Th- you that have was Giannis yeah, and yeah, yeah Giannis and Middleton so here's my other hot take 
for number three because you mentioned right. you don't have Steph and Clay on yours because of Clay's injury. Right, right. And I was, you know, I, I, as I was looking around for how other people had done, you know, have done these top ten duos this summer, I saw a lot of Steph and Clay. Are we sure that Clay is the second best player on the Warriors? Oh, you're going Draymond here. I had that thought too. Yeah, because I and I get it. I mean, like the Splash Brothers, you know, the the offensive upside and Clay is a good defender too, but Draymond like as as Steph defined the Warriors offensively, Draymond defined the Warriors defensively. I don't think the Warriors are the Warriors without either of those two guys. I think if you're talking about like who is the most replaceable of the three, I think it's probably Clay. Now, that assumes we're seeing peak Draymond, the Draymond we saw during the playoffs, not chubby Draymond that we saw for most of the regular season. I I think at their peak, Curry and Green are just a little bit better than Curry and Clay. But that might be a hot take. I don't know. No, I mean, it depends on your audience. I, I will say as much. I get it. I did not have Steph and Draymond on my list, even though I could have. Mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't was because what you actually said about him looking good only in the playoffs. Like You just said that he was not looking great in the regular season this year. He hasn't looked as agile in the, uh, like he did in the playoffs for the last three years. Net, I mean, let alone this year. Like... Him, Draymond Green in the 2019 playoffs looked better than he had been for three years. Is yeah. that sustainable? I'm not sure. If it is, yeah, that duo should be on my top ten, and I have to move any you know a couple of of duos down for sure. But I'm just not quite there yet. And also, I've mentioned this at nauseum, but I'm going to mention it again. Draymond is still very much an energy player. Like he mm. feeds off energy. And as we've seen with energy guys, when they are in their late 20s to early 30s, they just can't maintain that energy and that optimism, that enthusiasm. Like at Mm -hmm. some point, the everyday life of the NBA is going to become almost trivial. We saw it with Joakim Noah. And he had to go to the Knicks, who killed his joy of living, to actually come back for the Grizzlies and rediscover that energy because, hey, you know what? I've actually been gone a few years and like psychologically. Here I am again. I'm excited because this is a new situation. Mm-hmm. I'm There's a part of me that's just waiting for Draymond, you know, in, in that other shoe to drop. And I hope that I'm wrong. I want to point that out. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope Draymond, you know, just basically goes on to be as energetic at age 37. Yeah. I just have my doubts about it. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, there there are definite concerns moving forward in terms of can Draymond sustain the level of play that we saw during the playoffs? But if I'm just thinking conceptual duos, and I know this is especially going to piss off Rockets fans where I have Steph and Draymond, who a lot of people say, oh, Draymond's just a system player. Having them above Harden and Westbrook in particular is going to be a slap in the face if you're just considering you know raw pure per game stats but yeah i i think that you know the fact they've made five straight finals and won three rings with these guys and kevin durant was not on the team for the first two or at least the first two years of those final runs i don't know i mean i think agreed i, I think those guys deserve 
if if maybe not moving forward, but they at least deserve a spot for now, just as an honorary like you guys have owned the past half decade of the NBA. Here's your here's your commemoration for that. You know what? I'm going to alter my list, and I'm actually going to put Steph and Green in there for one reason. Okay. Because I made a mistake when I analyzed them. Oh. I was thinking ahead. I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking of just this year. Yeah. If he looked this good in the 2019 playoffs, the you know logic would dictate that he's going to look at least similarly this year, this season. Maybe not next year or next year again. But, I mean, I don't think he's going to come to camp, like, 50 pounds overweight. <laughs> right. And just kind of regress to the means. Yeah. So, that was faulty logic for me, kind of looking at the long term from those two. They're they're going on my list. And we're bumping, like, Luca, Porzingis, Kempen Tatum, DeRozan, Aldridge down. I think it's probably in the Harden, Capella, Mitchell, Gobert territory. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Green has even said he had that interview with Rachel Nichols recently where he said basically like this is a whole new year I know I can't coast to the extent that I did last year because we don't have Katie and we don't have Clay there are more opportunities for me like I I think we're gonna see much like LeBron might put forth a little bit more effort in the regular season this year I think Draymond might as well yeah I agree with that so yeah I am putting them on my top 10. Yep, faulty lock here for me from from my point. Yep. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer. (laughs) This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. So that leaves us, presumably, with two L.A. duos at the top. Right. And I think we are going to have them in reverse order of each other. I think so as well. Yeah. You have LeBron and Anthony Davis number two? I do. And I have them number one, and I have Kawhi and Paul George number two. So let's just why, – why why do you go Kawhi and Paul George over LeBron and AD? Because I think it's a better duo. I think it's a more wholesome duo. Both of these guys are difference makers offensively, defensively. Both can assert themselves on the class. Both are – you know, by nature, unselfish. Like they, they can take twenty, twenty-five shots in a game, but it's not because they deem it necessary. And that's, or, or sorry, it's only if they deem it necessary. It's not as if they come in with a quota. And I think that's a, that's hugely important in terms of just winning basketball. Kawhi has won two championships for two teams. Like I think it's fair to just call him a winner, um, and and that goes a long way. Now he has. Arguably the best teammate he's ever had, notwithstanding like he had Tim and, and 
Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, but all those guys were past their primes. Right. Um, so I think it's fair to say that at, at this stage of Paul George's career, he's better than what those guys in San Antonio were at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this duo is going to be the closest thing we've had to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And that carries weight for me. I would argue that everything you just said in favor of Kawhi and Paul George could also apply to LeBron and AD. Yeah, see, here's the thing about that. It can under a playoff uh, system. Okay. Because LeBron, yeah, yeah. the the defense matters. Yeah, you're just assuming LeBron mails in the regular season. I mean, he's done that so many times by now. Like, why are we acting as if he wouldn't? So... The conversation I had a few weeks ago when we had Mo on the podcast uh, made me think that we're going to see a more motivated LeBron this year than we have in years past. Uh-huh. And and Mo's whole argument was basically, you know, you have so many new guys on the team. You have a new head coach. You have your new superstar, Anthony Davis, as well. If LeBron goes through the motions for 82 games and they make the playoffs and they're expecting to go on a deep playoff run... They, they need. They're gonna have developed muscle memory. Basically, they're gonna have developed, especially on defense, where mm-hmm. you know it's like, okay, LeBron's not gonna close out on this guy, so I have to. Or LeBron's not gonna make this rotation, so I have to. And then if LeBron all of a sudden is putting forth more effort defensively in the playoffs, that's gonna lead to the system short circuiting. So Mo's whole thing, and he wrote about this for Bleacher Report too, was. Frank Vogel's biggest challenge this year is getting LeBron to buy in and put forth more effort defensively during the regular season because everything's going to go to hell if he doesn't. Oh, I agree with Mo on everything, but it's also LeBron, and LeBron is stubborn as hell. Yeah, but I mean, this is the first year in, what, nine years that not only did he not make the finals, but you know he didn't make the playoffs. I think this is the first year... 12 or 13 years like since his second year in the league like right this is the most well-rested lebron has been in more than a decade he's, yeah think, so do you really think he's gonna blow his wad like on the regular season though i don't think he needs to i mean i i think they're gonna probably you know he averaged 35 minutes a game during the regular season last year that seems about right they tried to keep him below like his peak cleveland 38 39 minutes a game that he played earlier in his career i think they'll keep try to keep his minutes in check but they'll say you know when when you're on the floor you got to play both ends of the court for the reasons i just said if if we develop bad habits because of you then that's going to send a bad message to the team and we're going to be disappointing just like we were last year i can i get behind all of that i just wonder whether you know, there's the theory of it, and then there's the practicality, like when they hit the floor. Right. Like, if LeBron is dishing out nine assists a game and, like, trying to score 25 points, and he's looking at that schedule going, oh, I have to do this 81 more times. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think he, he, by sheer tendency and habit, like, he, he scales it back and goes, hey, AD, that's why we got you. are a great defensive player. Go get it. Right. I mean, it's... Totally possible, but I mean, going back to the overarching argument is, you know, you were talking about these guys are both two, like Kawhi and Paul George are both two-way players. Great. Correct. 
so like in theory again if if lebron puts forth effort so are lebron and ad they're both unselfish great Mm -hmm. lebron's you know the most unselfish superstar we've seen since magic is that fair to say yeah lebron yeah 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 yeah, for sure yeah and i mean anthony davis has not you know he averaged 3.9 assists this past year not a stellar number by any means but it was a career high for him he is a good passer, and he's never played alongside anyone like LeBron. I think both of these guys are going to thrive alongside each other in that regard. You're saying, you know, neither one of these guys have played with a teammate as talented as one another. Same with LeBron and AD. You know, we, Agreed. You can Agreed. say Dwayne Wade, early, early Miami Heat Dwayne Wade. But even by that point, you know, Wade was not what he was in his peak with the, like, 26 or 2006 2007 2008 heat so best best teammate you played alongside each other great i think the big advantage they have Kawhi and paul george are willing passers i would mm-hmm. not say either of them are elite lebron james is an elite passer and i yep. think that's that's gonna matter how just in terms of making these two guys fit i mean if you're looking at the clippers what are their two biggest weaknesses right now one is do they have front court depth defensively and two is do they have the playmakers they need to win a championship the lakers have other concerns front court depth being chief among them but i don't have concerns about do they have the playmakers they need because they have lebron james here's the thing though Kawhi and paul george are both excellent long-range shooters yeah lebron and ad they have a cap on that end. Like those two are probably going to each shoot thirty-two percent from the behind the arc, mm-hmm. or thereabouts. Yeah, none of them are like a game-changing shooter from the outside. So what you're saying in terms of LeBron and his playmaking, if you're assuming like in terms of AD, like yeah, that's fine. LeBron can get him a lot of layups, and he can work his magic from like twenty feet and in. That's great. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to be. A you know otherworldly playmaker. If you're going to have a pretty heavy three point load, if you can just basically pass it around the arc to the open man, or pass it from the post and out, which we've seen Kawhi do you know throughout the course of his career, like he can absolutely pass out of the post right. and hit open three point shooters, and like Lord knows the Clippers have a lot of three point shooters. That's all they need. Mm-hmm. They they don't need to have the whole you know break it down second coming of magic mentality they just need to play fundamentally sound basketball and if there are two guys who can do that that's it's Kawhi and Paul George and also I'm I'm also putting this on them I'll give them this they have an advantage because there's not going to be drama (laughs) right I think AD and LeBron I mean look it's not LeBron's fault that the media follows him like for everything that he does yeah but I do think that the media's attention towards him is always going to negatively rub off on LeBron's teammates. Always. Mm-hmm. Until the day where he retires. That's going to matter. Now, I didn't put that into my consideration when I did the top 10. I just flat, flat out think that Kawhi and Paul George is a better duo. But, it, you know, when I think about it, it's in the back of my mind. It's how do you have, how do you compensate for, you know, always getting 15 mics shoved up your face <laughs> whenever you're just leaving practice. Right. Like Anthony Davis said he wanted this. Like he wanted L.A., but at the same time, Davis, when he came into the league, and at least during the first couple of years, was like, yeah, I like not being in the spotlight as much. I, I cherish my personal space and my mm-hmm. privacy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, for sure. And then you can argue, well, Kawhi went to L.A. Kawhi has found a way to just basically ignore the media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't I, matter where he is. I mean, look, I made fun of him. Like, hey, why do you want to go to L.A.? I realized during when he won the championship in Toronto, he's like, the media can literally do anything. Say whatever. And he'd just be like, okay. Yeah. Well, and also he's going to have the Lakers overshadowing him. which is For sure. Which is kind of absurd because the Clippers should be the title favorite this year. Yeah. Um, the one thing it ultimately came down to for me, or not me one thing, but ultimately, look, like if LeBron, if we get playoff LeBron at any point this season, I would argue he's still the best player in the league. I think Kawhi came hard for that title this year, but I think, you know, what we saw, think back a year ago to game one of the 2018 finals, LeBron is still the best player in the league, in my opinion. And I think yeah, if, if 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 he's bringing that game to to like the everyday right, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. agreed. Or just fine. Playoff LeBron is the best player of the league still, compared to playoff whoever, playoff Kawhi whoever. I still take playoff LeBron. Anthony Davis, I think, is still a top six to seven player, mm-hmm. depending on where you. I mean, you got to factor in KD gets bumped out of that for now, I guess. So it's like. Curry and Harden and Giannis and Jokic and all these guys, but Davis is right there. Kawhi's a top five player as well. I think Paul George is slightly lower than Davis. Right. Of the four, Paul George is probably the worst of them. Right. So, yeah. so I mean, look, this is super close. We've been debating these guys for 15 minutes. And there's no right. right answer here, but I'm I'm just leaning toward... LeBron and AD for now. Yeah. I think Kawhi is better than all of them, unless, of course, as you just said, like playoff LeBron. Yeah. But the playoff LeBron is for, I mean, th- th- that is solely for the last couple of months of the season. And you don't really know in terms of him, he missed it last year uh, or this this year, but last season, obviously. But he's also going to be 30, 35? Mm hmm. Like, we don't know if he's lost a step when the playoffs arrive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I, hey, you know, no, I'm, I'm not predicting anything right, because right. Uh, that would that could easily blow up in my face. So I'm not say, sitting. No, no, no. Don't, last words. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going down that route. Yeah. But I'm just saying that Kawhi, I, I, I feel that we have kind of simplified Kawhi too much. Like, oh, he doesn't average, you know, 28, 8, and 8. Right. Oh, he doesn't have a flashy game. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't do all this and that. It doesn't matter. The dude makes the correct basketball play 80% of the time. Yeah. Like, he's I, just... He does everything correctly. And then we can argue about dominance or whatever. Like, he doesn't need 35 points and 15 rebounds and 7 assists to dominate. He, he, he does it through defense. And if he has 22 and 7, so be it. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that's a good place to wrap up, Mort. Uh, thanks to, to all of you, as always, for listening. Please follow us on Twitter, at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. 
You too, Brian. Do you think in a year from now we're going to actually just replace Kevin Durant, Durant with Karis LeVert? <laughs> I was going to say number one on my list is LeBron James and whichever center the Lakers sign to replace DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> That's cruel. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, man. You too. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.